Our kids mean the world to us, and we love them with all of our heart. But as they grow up, sometimes we have to modify the way that we love our kids. Welcome to Fathering Our Future. I'm Anthony Vandegrift, not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. I'm so happy to share a conversation with you that I had with my friend, Pastor Johnny Hargrove. And in this conversation, he's very vulnerable and transparent, and he shares some great things that we can take with us so that we can not only love our kids today, but continue to love them as they grow up and ensure that we nurture a lasting relationship with them. If you want to be a part of helping dads grow as disciple makers and making them aware of fathering our future, you can help. And here is what I want you to do. I want you to leave a five-star rating for this podcast and write a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you'll take a screenshot of that and send it to me at fatheringourfuture at gmail.com, I have a gift for you. I wrote a book called Cut the Crap, Direct Tips for Becoming a Dad. I cannot send you the physical copy, but I will send you the electronic copy of this book. And technically, you'll get a little bit more because the ebook has additional references that are linked all throughout it. So this is my gift for you for rating and reviewing this podcast. Again, send that to me at fatheringourfuture at gmail.com. And by doing that, you're helping create awareness of this podcast, and ultimately, you're helping dads grow as disciple makers. Our scripture for this week comes from Luke 15. We're looking at verses 17 through 22. This is a portion of the parable of the father of the prodigal son. Verse 17 begins like this. When he came to his senses, he said, how many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Well, Johnny, thank you so much for being with me. I am looking forward to our conversation today. I am too, Anthony. Um, I'm in a unique situation, and that is that uh, my family is about to look very similar to your family in that we have another girl that's going to be here in July and I will have one son and three daughters and you also have one son and three daughters. So uh, selfishly, I'm looking to see what I can extract from you today that I know is going to be super applicable to me, but we're going to focus on how we love our kids because that's a, it's a big thing that might seem like common sense. It might be something that we have no problem saying like, oh yeah, I love my kids, but sometimes we might struggle with how we go about loving our kids because love is not just a thought that you have. Love is not just a feeling. It's a commitment. It's an action. Uh, it has to be expressed. It is something that has to be seen. It has to be heard. It has to be felt. And we can't just tell other people that we love our kids and never actually put in the work to show our kids that we love and care for them. So um, I pulled you in because you've been there. You've done that. You've got the t-shirt. Your kids are all out of the house at this point. Uh, all your kids are married with families of their own. And you have the advantage of reflection. You can look back and say, I remember what it was like while I was there, mm -hmm. but I can also think back and say, you know, maybe this was a grand slam. 
maybe I struck out here. And so I think there's a lot of good that you can, you can share with us today. Um, so let's, let's start, let's start here. When you think back on your time as uh, a dad, when you're in the thick of it, what were some of the things that you did that you noticed were super helpful for your kids and how you love them? Were there any things that just stand out like, yeah, I would highly recommend dads do this? I would say the, the list would be significant, uh, Anthony, but I would say the key thing that I can reflect back upon raising my children was just striving daily to be consistent. Hmm. And I think that's the key thing that a lot of fathers probably struggle in is learning just how to be consistent. And there will be days that there will be home runs and there will be tons of days where you walk away and feel like everything was a total failure. Yep. You, you struck out. Yeah. Um, but if we can learn the secret of just striving every day. So I think the biggest thing that I strive to do for my children, definitely from infancy to uh, teenage years, was I tried to reason with them. I tried to communicate with them. And when I would watch them crash, make a mistake, early stages, I was crazy uh, severe with my punishment, mm -hmm. but I soon learned that wasn't, that really was successful. Yeah. So I, I think the biggest thing is learning how to be consistent. And, and that is something when I use the word learn, it, it really is a learning process. Sure. And only time can help us to learn those elements. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense though, because, you know, time is a huge factor in that because as time moves on, things change. And so you being consistent is going to have to morph a little bit. Um, there are some key things that you can keep consistent in your life. One of the things that immediately comes to mind for me, people who try to go to the gym all the time. I was up this morning at 4.45 with, with a three-year-old who needed to throw up and who was having some stomach issues because of strep throat and, and an antibiotic. I'm not going to the gym early in the morning when my daughter's doing that. So, you know, sometimes seasons in life just don't allow you to do the same things all the time. But that doesn't mean that I couldn't still be consistent in my fitness if that was something that is core to me. You just have to learn how to morph it over time. Um, I will ask you this, though, as far as consistency goes, are there are there any main values that you would just urge dads to be consistent about, maybe just personally? I think the key thing that I would encourage every father, every dad to be consistent in is is temperament. That was a that was a huge <clears throat> struggle for me in my early stages. I didn't I didn't know how to control my emotions and but learning how to we call it doing the 10 count. Um, I, I've learned sometimes the 10 count didn't work. I'd have to do a million, <laughs> I'd count to a million, uh, and would have to learn how to chill mm -hmm. because when things don't go right, we instantly want to change it and we want things instantly and parenting. It's not a, it's not an instant thing. That's right. It's, it's a process and it's a major journey. And so if uh, the one key area where life helped me as I matured, but that's probably, I would say to any father is you, you've got to, you can't let anger control you. Uh, and you can't let those little ones see that because they are imitators and mm -hmm. they see it being uh, shown to them they're going to start imitating the same thing. Yeah. And I feel like that's only going to add fuel to the fire. Yes. I mean, if they're walking around and they're being angry and frustrated and reacting like that, that's only going to make you react that much more because again, you're trying to get something instantly you want. And th this is, I think a, a, a very important mental shift that we have to make as dads. 
And that is we're not raising our kids and trying to maintain life as it was prior to kids. And I think a lot of people attempt to do that. Um, they don't adjust expectations to who they have become as a father. And as dads, we're making disciples. That's what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. That takes patience. And I think we can all, as Christian fathers, reflect on our time as disciples and how much mercy and grace and patience that God has given to us. Most definitely. I, I, and I think, I think that's a really important thing for us to remember. And, you know, I'm thinking back to the conversation that we've had previously on this podcast, um, but you you attributed a lot of your transformation to your relationship with God. And that's why throughout the course of this month, we've talked about what we've talked about, loving God, loving yourself, and then how that translates into loving others, specifically today with our kids. So are there any things, let me ask you on the basis of consistency, are there any things, you know, after you had your big transformational moment with God, are there any consistent habits that you just held on to with your relationship with God that, that helped you continue to control your temperament and grow as a disciple and as a father? Anthony, as you hear me uh, say continually, I tell everyone around me, every disciple, every individual that will listen to me, I believe the two key things that God helped me to learn how to do first one being early morning prayer. Mm-hmm. And I know some people say timing of when you pray <clears throat> is not really that important. And I can't argue that, but for me, yeah, morning prayer worked and it still works for me. So though the first thing was morning prayer and the second thing that I would do after I would have prayer would be devotion. Mm-hmm. And so I would begin to just open the Bible up and we began to pray for wisdom yeah. because I knew that if he did not give me wisdom, it wasn't going to happen. And we can read and I believe we can glean, but when we begin to let knowledge and wisdom go hand in hand, that's what begins to transform us as fathers and as dads is, is just learning how to grab a hold of knowledge. And I don't believe there's any other greater source to get knowledge. And that's through the word of God. Right. That's, that's exactly right. I mean, the Bible teaches us about our heavenly father. And if we're going to strive to be fathers ourselves, he's the model. Mm -hmm. So learning about him, developing knowledge about him, praying consistently, being in the word, now, I do want to say this, you know, just I'm curious um, for dads who might be new to faith or maybe still young in their faith. Maybe they've been, you know, going to church their entire life, but they've rarely cracked open the Bible and it's still kind of a mystery to them. When you start this and you open the Bible and you're doing devotion, it's okay for you to not understand everything, right? Most definitely. Anthony. <laughs> There's still much of it. I still don't understand, uh, but <clears throat> but I'm on this journey and I'm hungry every day yeah. to know more about it. Yeah, yeah, and I think I think I think that's key, <clears throat> and I think it's good coming from you because um, you pastor a church. I mean, people come to you all the time for advice, and I I think it's beautiful. While I certainly don't claim to know everything, I'm in the same boat you are. We're on a journey, and it takes time. I think that's. The beautiful thing about God's word is that we've got a whole lifetime to learn about God. Yes. And even after that, we've got eternity more to figure out the rest. And so I exactly. think I think it's a beautiful thing. Um, but no, I, I appreciate those points about temperament because I know anger and frustration, that's a big thing that, that men struggle with. Um, and I appreciate the addition of, of prayer and devotion in God's word and seeking knowledge from God on how to continue to grow as disciples, as men, husbands, and fathers. Let me ask you this when it comes to loving our kids. Were there any changes that you noticed as your kids, 
you know, went from infants to toddlers, to preteens, to teenagers, to, you know, they're young adults. Um, were there any, were there any moments that were more challenging than others as far as I love my kid, but he's really making it hard or she's really making it hard right now. Was what, what was, what was the, the point in their development where it was just like, Lord, I need you to help me. You know, that's the unique thing, unique thing about children. Anthony, you mentioned that you guys are fixing to have three girls mm -hmm. uh, and one, one son. As I was telling you earlier, all of my children are very unique. They all have uh, their struggles. They've had definitely challenges as they were walking uh, and growing up. Probably the most unique child of mine was my firstborn. I tell people all the time, Karen, she didn't have no struggles at all till she was 18 years of age. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but Karen was the most perfect child uh, any parent could ask for. So I didn't, I didn't have no struggles with Karen. Yeah. Um, Amy, I tell people when Amy sees this, she's probably going to want to throw stones <laughs> at me, but, but Amy, uh, was so, uh, shy. I tell people she didn't talk to me till she's probably seven years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Amy's still shy. Uh, so Amy wasn't one that, uh, communicated with me a lot. My my situations was very unique. Also, is that I drove a truck for a living, mm. and so I was gone so many days at a time, and so I had to really intentionally focus on the little bit of time that I had to pour myself into them. And so um, I wasn't privileged like some fathers to get to spend as you even do, Anthony, yeah. a lot of time pouring yourself into them. So I had to really capitalize when I got time to spend with them. So a lot of my time that I got to spend with my children uh, as they were growing up, a lot of times it was in church. And so um, the the way they seen me uh, worship, the way they seen me being faithful to the things of the kingdom, that was my greatest way to impact them. So. But all of my children were very unique. My son could be that maybe some of the struggles he had for a season. As I was talking about anger, mm -hmm. um, my son seen that. Yeah. Um, uh, that hurts me still to this day. That uh, that was uh, a part of my struggle, and you know that radically changed over the years. But. Um, Learning how to deal with each of them was was very unique. Yeah. So I, to say that there is a specific for me a one two three four pattern, sure, um, I, I can't tell you that. But the one thing that I can see that really impacted my children, some way somehow, I finally grabbed a hold of some methods, and and I learned how. Going back to the key word that I'm going to use a lot today is I learned how to be consistent. Yeah. And I cannot overemphasize the importance of children seeing us as fathers, just being consistent and, and being transparent with them. When, when we mess up, be, 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 be man enough, be father enough yeah. to say, Hey, I'm sorry, son. I'm sorry, daughter. Daddy messed up. Yeah. And so, uh, um, that's what has worked for me. In those early stages, and today, mm -hmm. uh, in the season of my that I'm in, and I'm entering a season right now that I've, I'm, you know, of course, never walked in. Sure, uh, but that's, that's that's just part of the consistency journey. is still the key. Definitely the the main key, yeah. Anthony. Yeah. Well, and you know, we talked a little bit about this in the previous interview that we had, but it fits with what we're talking about today. You know, you talked about you were a truck driver, so you weren't always around. So you, you had to really capitalize on the small moments that you were getting. Um, you talked a little bit about, you know, your son witnessed the anger and the frustration that you had, and maybe that contributed a little bit. You like the rest of us certainly weren't perfect. And then with your occupation, you didn't probably have the same amount of time 
that a good majority of dads get. Yes. But what is so incredible to me is the relationship that you have today with your kids. Because, you know, in, in the time that we've been able to work together, I, there's, I don't know that there was ever a day where I was with you where your phone didn't ring off the hook. And, you know, two or three of your kids were calling you within a two hour time frame. And they, some of the conversations were just like, hey, the grandkids want to talk to you. Or some of the conversations were just like, hey, I was thinking about doing this tomorrow. They're not always like, I urgently need you for a, a specific request. It was just, I kind of want to talk to dad. And that's how so many of the phone conversations went. So I think, you know, it's a testimony to consistency that you're talking about that even though the upbringing might not have been ideal, like maybe you would go back and say, I wish I could change this and I wish I could change that. But even in the brokenness that existed, you've still anchored these good, solid relationships with your children. And I think that's important for dads to hear because there's probably dads who have messed up like mm -hmm. all of us. Yes. And sometimes you think, Oh man, I really, I really blew it this time. Like my kids are going to remember this forever. They're going to hold on to this. This is going to mess them up mentally. This is going to mess up their development. And I think we might even think that more so today because there's an emphasis on mental health. And so it's just something that we're more mindful of. Like I'm going to be the trauma that triggers my kid to have this downfall as they go into their teenage years. That's not always the case. There's still hope. And always I, I think you've got a, you've got a story of hope that I think dads need to hear. And that is everything doesn't have to be picture perfect. You can still have a great relationship with your kids. And I think that relationship with your children. And I think you, your life also is a testimony of this, but I talk about how if we're going to fulfill our mission as dads to disciple our kids, you got to have a relationship with them because that's what gives you influence. I think all of us can think to a time where we've listened to somebody talk that we weren't a big fan of. We don't remember what they had to say unless they said something dumb and we want to hold it against them. Right? Like that's it. Like what a knucklehead. Um, but other than that, we just, it's in one year and out the other. And if we don't have a relationship with our kids, everything that we speak into their life, that's so going to be the same way. So you've got to have the relationship to have the influence so that you can be the disciple maker that God's designed you to be. Um, and your kids come to you for all of those things. And I don't think that's just because you're a pastor. I think that let's call that a coincidence. Um, I, I, I just think that's, that's worth dad's hearing that. Yeah, everything's not perfect, but you've got a great relationship with them today. I, I want to ask you how you continue to maintain that relationship with your kids. But I also want to ask you this. You talked about your kids not always being perfect, having some rough patches. Now, I know you've you've been a minister for a long time now, and some of that stuff probably crossed over. Was that something that was a challenge for you, you know, being in this place of uh, reverence, in a sense, as a reverend, and then having kids not doing things that you would particularly want them to do? Um, I know sometimes we base love off of qualification, and that's the wrong way to go about it. Exactly. So I'm curious, was there ever a challenge for you? Was there ever a wake up call for you? What was the mentality you had as a father? My kids aren't doing things right. But how did you approach that? Great question, Anthony. And I can, I believe, beautifully respond to that. And the way that I respond to it is <clears throat> two things. My upbringing as as a child in the home that I grew up in, my parents, my dad really was a whole lot like I was. My dad drove a truck um, for 36 years, retired at the age of 56, enjoyed 30 plus years of retirement. And my mother was a strong disciplinarian, so she pretty much did all the disciplining. My daddy may have spanked me. Uh, I grew up in a time where 
there was physical spankings. <laughs> that, <laughs> was, just, that was the only way back then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I heard someone talk the other day, you know, it was extension cords, raced hot wheel tracks. My dad uh, told me that his mom used to make, because he had two other brothers and they'd always get into it, she'd make them go out and pick switches for one of the other brothers <laughs> and so they'd come back with these logs or whatever and she'd use that on them instead of the for the brother they were picking it for so i was just like man they learned some hard lessons back then exactly <laughs> well, they were hard lessons it didn't hurt me but the reason i'm telling that is the the church structure that we grew up in it was it was also harsh mm -hmm. and so um because of that harshness it, it hurt me for a season, but in the long run, it helped me raise my children. And so my own struggle, and we won't go into all of that sure. in, in this program, but um, my my addiction that I struggled with for several years, when, when my transformation came took place, all of that harshness that I grew up with from uh, some of the spiritual leadership that should have not been hurting me was hurting me. But then when I finally got a balanced leadership in my life, when my children started walking through struggles, I was able to look through lenses that were very clear. Hmm. And I can remember what it was to be uh, broken spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. And because I walked through that season, I was also able to help my children navigate. I was always open with my children about my struggle. I never hid it from them. And I believe that when they themselves uh, walk through, thankfully, short seasons of some addictions, um, they were able to navigate that, remembering how daddy taught them just to be open and transparent with God, hmm. not hide it, but to be open with it. So I was able to embrace them and love them unconditionally because I remembered what it felt like to be loved unconditionally by God and sure. other healthy leaders that were in my life. So that that bled over into me as I began to raise my children and navigate them through their through their struggles. And so I think um, the biggest thing that as a father, uh, when when our children begin to struggle, we need to reflect on. The, the kinds of deep mercy that has been given to us. Yeah. And let's don't judge too harshly. It's okay to judge, but judge properly. Sure. And and use deep wisdom as we're helping our children navigate, uh, God forbid, some struggle. And some children never never walk through that. Yeah. I've got friends of mine that never navigated that. And um and they didn't always have the best mentoring from their parents. And then I've watched parents that mentored so beautifully and their children, man, just went the totally opposite direction. So um, I think as parents, we got to remember that ultimately uh, we can only do so much. And, sure. uh, and, and when our children don't do what we have strived to mentor them to do, mm -hmm. we've got to trust the God factor right. and remember that God has just loaned them to us. Right. And, and, we're simply striving to be the right mentor, the right coach that God has called us to be. Yeah, I, I love the language you just used there. Instead of instead of trying to get our kids to do what we want them to do, trying to get them to do what we're mentoring them to do, because that's what we're called to do as fathers. I mean, we're called to disciple them. We're we're called to lead them, and so we're giving guidance. And I often point to the scripture that says that it's not in man to direct his path. If it's not even in us to direct our own path, mm -hmm. what makes us think that we can do it for somebody else? And so I believe, as I've thought about fatherhood, that what we're supposed to do is guide our kids in a good direction, point them to God, see it. and he defines the path. Mm -hmm. It's not about... You're going to do it my way or the highway because the reality is that highway might be a better option, right? <laughs> At times, yes. <laughs> so, so I just, I, I, I just, I appreciate the way that you just conveyed that. I think that's, I think that's important for us to just keep hearing because it's very easy to say, it's my house, it's my rules, you're going to do it mm -hmm. my way, but we're supposed to be doing it somebody else's way. See it, Anthony. And we're not supposed to be doing it 
you're going to do what I want you to do. And then parents somehow write their kids off because they didn't do what they wanted them to do. And I just, I don't understand that stuff. It's just like what you said, reflected on the mercy that God gave you and wanting to then give that to your kids. It's like the servant who was forgiven of 10,000 pieces of gold, but then couldn't forgive another debtor of his who owed him a hundred pieces of silver. We've been forgiven of such a great debt for us to not forgive others in general. It, it just doesn't make sense for us to do that. Um, I appreciate, I appreciate that answer. So let me, let me flip back to what I wanted to ask you prior to that. Maintaining your love for your kids once they grow up and they move out of your house. We've, we've talked about capitalizing on moments. We've talked about being consistent and allowing your kids to see that as they grow up and mature. But once they leave you and they're on their own way at this point, what are some things that dads can do that dads can probably even start probably in like the high school years? Because I mean, I think back to myself when I was in high school, I was hardly ever home. If, if once I got off of school, I went to work. And when I was off of work, I was going to go see friends and I would come home to go to bed at like some curfew. My parents gave me probably the most gracious curfew of all my friends, but um, I was rarely home. Felt like I hardly ever saw my parents. And so there's probably some things that they can start earlier, but when you're empty nesting, how do you maintain that loving relationship with your kids? For me, what has worked, Anthony, uh, shared with you before we started, started uh, the podcast was what I strive to do continually is just keep communication alive. Um, I am connected to probably one of the most effective and impactful leaders that I've ever been connected to. And DG Hargrove uh, is probably one of the most impactful leaders I've ever been connected to. And he has a saying, and I call it the CRT factor. And he says that communication builds relationships and relationships build trust. Mm -hmm. And so I strive to, if not every day, at least every other day, but most days, every morning, I'm just going to simply get my <clears throat> phone and just say, hey, I love you, <clears throat> praying for you, uh, thanking for you, I'm proud of you. Just just a word of encouragement because yeah. I have learned encouraging people is so powerful. Yep. And, um, and I think if we could realize the one thing I could say, I would say to definitely fathers that their children have moved out of the home. It's easy for us to start getting focused on retirement. How are we going to uh, live? You know, how are we going to take care, you know, of the two of us, your wife and you. Mm -hmm. And and it's easy to forget that we're still a father yeah. and we're a grandfather, uh, a great grandfather. And, and I think the way to keep that family alive and keep those relationships healthy is just um, just shooting a quick text. Yeah. And um, usually when I send that text, it's just a matter of moments. There's a phone call. And I still believe um, a phone call is still the most effective. I know sure. we are a texting culture now, and but it's still – very important to have those conversations, whether it's a phone call, face-to-face, -face, but more than anything, just keeping that communication alive. Yeah. And that keeps that relationship healthy. And then that trust stays alive in that home. Yeah. No, it's a beautiful thing. I I guess I must have picked that up from Bishop Hargrove too. I always, I, I say it a little differently. I always say communication builds trust and that's the foundation for relationships. So maybe I ought to change it because he's probably a little smarter than I am, but I might stick with it. Who knows? But I think, I think that is so key. That's how relationships begin and that's how they are continually nurtured. Um, it's just, you know, continually basically watering that, that tree in a sense, mm -hmm. um, just having renewed conversations, keeping up with everything that they're doing, 
makes a whole lot of sense. Um, I do want to ask you this selfishly, and then, you know, maybe you can add something that would benefit me since I'm about to be in the same boat you are with one son and three girls. I'm interested in the, in the dynamics of loving sons and daughters within the same household. For me, it's just something about having a son. It's just something about a father-son relationship. I want to take my boy with me all the time, everywhere. Um, now, he also is my oldest, so that might also lend into that a little bit. Um, but I always want to do everything with him. I want to take my girls out on little dates, and I want to do that stuff too. But it's just something that I just click with more. And maybe it's, you know, I've lived this life. I've been where he's at. I know the mistakes that I made and I, I just really want to guide him to avoid those mistakes. And I can do that easier with him because I understand what it's like to be a boy and then to be that teenager and to be that young adult. So I feel like I can guide him better than I can my daughters. Um, but I'm curious, is, is there, is there a struggle? Is there anything in particular to know about loving your girls when you've got that son and then also loving your son when you've got, three girls because on the flip side of the coin, everyone always talks about, you know, girls, you know, they get daddy's heart wrapped around their finger and they basically get what they want all the time because who's going to say no to their, to their daughter. Um, they just have that way about them. And I've already experienced that with the two that I've got currently. So anything that you can add to that conversation of loving your daughters when you have that son, but then also, loving your son while you've got the girls? That is a very challenging uh, arena for me, Anthony. Um, man, that, that causes me to reflect very deeply. And as I reflect, as we talked earlier, there's definitely so much. They'll say in hindsight is 2020. There's so much in my mind. My mind is just racing uh, with this question, my response to it is, wow, I don't, I don't, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I would say where I'm sitting right now, I would say the best way to navigate that, um, definitely in the season where I'm at is you just have to be so intentional and you, you, you got to discipline yourself to make time because yeah. um, this is something that as a father, me and my dad were, we were, we were very close and uh, my son and I, and he probably will see this podcast and it'll cause him to hopefully maybe do some things that can more impact his girls. He doesn't have a boy. He's got three girls and, and I see that he, he, he does so much more with his girls than I did with my children growing up. And I'm, I'm going to say that hopefully some of that he, he learned from some of the mistakes that he's seen his daddy do. Hmm. And so he's like, I don't want to repeat that. Sure. Um, some of it I would say is because he's seen the God factor in there. Um, my relationship with my girls has always been way closer than my son. And so I want that to the relationship relationship with me and my son. I want it to get stronger and I want it to be healthier. Um, I'm working right now with some fathers and sons that they have no communication, Anthony. So mm -hmm. I'm striving to help the fathers that I'm connected with. Uh, if the father won't have communication with them, you initiate it. So my dad didn't feel like it was his place to have conversation with me. It was my responsibility to call him. I so see. my dad didn't feel like it was his place. I didn't agree with that. I couldn't change my dad. So I, I took the low road and I'm, I, I, I made myself call my dad because mm. I'm confessing it wasn't easy for me at times. So um, I think at times my son may feel like that. It's like, you know what, dad, it's your place to call me. And, and I would say there probably comes a season in life where I would say that the son needs to take that role and initiate 
more conversations because uh, it's not that dad should not be. I believe dad should initiate as much as the son initiates. There's those molding years where, yes, dad initiates it nonstop. But uh, but there comes a season where that 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 boy, that young man has become a man. Yeah. And now he needs to take some ownership and he needs to reach out to dad as much as dad reaches out to him. And I think probably some way, somehow, that, that's that's an arena that I think these type of conversations more need to, needs to happen. And, sure. um, you know, there's probably a generation that, that did not know how to interact with their sons and, and definitely pastors. Um, I, I see that that's a big struggle for a lot of pastors that uh, they're so busy uh, shepherding the flock that they, uh, what's the right word here? That they, um, They don't give their family the top of attention that their family should be getting. Yeah. And there's a word I'm looking for, um, not abandoning, uh, but but their but their children feel like they've been abandoned. Yeah. Uh, and so it breaks my heart when I see fathers not feeling like they they should contact their son. They they should uh, keep that communication alive. And so. There, there's there's a huge disconnect in in fathers and sons and and I uh, with God's help uh, father yeah. in our future can really help fathers know you know what uh, don't be don't be too prideful yeah. that that you don't initiate continually conversations and 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 keep keep that alive keep yeah. the communication alive so going back to your question I I really don't know. Uh, if there's a specific answer, uh, this is what you do. Um, I, I think the big thing is is never be too prideful to say, "Hey, I messed up. I'm sorry, son. You know what? Let, let's 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 work on keeping our relationship healthy yeah. and and realizing that both of you need each other. And and I think that's the big struggle, Anthony, is is us men being uh, our egos. I'm, you know, to say that I don't have an ego, I'd be lying. Sure. But thankfully, God has helped me to realize that my fathering and my cross-like example in the earth is a thousand times more important than my ego. Yeah. And so, I love my son deeply. I'm very proud of my son. I see him striving to to be a great father, to be a a great uh, dad, and as the old saying, um, anyone can be a father, but it takes someone very unique to be a dad. Mm. And so, um, I know that that's 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 a little harsh, but that's the reality. And sure. so, being 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 a dad um, is really a totally different arena. Oh yeah, than just being a father. And yeah. so, I think as we mature is there again going back to consistency communication yeah uh that that god relationship and then man relationship yeah uh the vertical the horizontal uh that to me that's the game changer anthony yeah no i i agree that's why i that's why i wanted to do february the way that i did it first talking about how we love god how we love ourselves because you know that's it's not really spoken clearly but it is right there in the middle you love your neighbor as you love yourself you love others the way that you love yourself well if you don't love yourself you're not going to know how to love others but you're not going to know how to love yourself if you don't have that loving relationship with god because it's very easy to look at yourself outside of god and see all the mistakes and all the failures and say no value there and sadly a lot of people get to that place but when you have a relationship with God, God helps you see the beauty in, in yourself. Like everything that God has put in you, you start to see it from his perspective and not your own. And you see, you know what? I might I might have some few cracks, but I'm valuable. Like exactly. this, I, I, God has still put something in me and there's worth there. And so 
in seeing that, then we can transfer that love with that, you know, that perspective of grace, if you will, yes. to others. Um, so I, 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 th- I think that's, I think that's good. I, I, I like how in your reflections and as you're thinking about how you were with your kids then, and even still today, there's, there's a common thread there. It is, I'm talking to my kids all the time. I'm trying to communicate as much as I can and I'm being consistent. I'm not just being consistent in my, in my communication, but I'm being consistent in my relationship with God. I'm still being consistent with trying to learn more about God through his word and through devotion. I mean, your kids left the house, but you didn't stop doing that. You, <laughs> you don't say, well, my job here is done. I don't have to have a relationship with God anymore to be the dad that I need them, that they need me to be. Uh, you continue doing these things. Um, so I, I, I think that's good. I think that's good for dads to hear. I think that's important. Um, let me ask you this just to wrap things up. Uh, whether it is anything you think dads after hearing this conversation need to hear, or if it is another piece of advice or even a piece of advice that you'd like to echo from this conversation, um, a parting thought or word for dads, what would that be? Man, this has really been very beneficial for me, Anthony. And the greatest advice I could give to any father that's listening to this is never give up, never lose hope because it is so easy for fathers that maybe you didn't see, my God, back, back, pop back tears on this one. Maybe you see your uh, your son, your daughter, not really walking the way that you would want them to walk. But the most powerful thing you can give to your children is steadfastness. It's just don't don't be weary and well doing. Uh, every father listening to me know that there's always hope. You can still change. There may be a father that doesn't have any relationship at all with his son and is just saying, you know, I'm, I'm writing it off. But no, you know, I'll pick up the phone. Um, if, if he's close enough, drive to the house. Hey, take him to breakfast, take him to lunch. Say, you know, hey, I'm sorry that things haven't been the way that they should be. Have, you know, start that conversation. Start building something. It's never too late to build something. Yeah. And for the fathers that are striving to continually build a relationship, just keep building on it. And um, this thing's never over till it's over. Yeah. And it's never over till God says it's over. And so uh, every father has tremendous potential. We we are so impactful. We are clueless how many times people are really watching us when we have no idea that they're watching us. And so I see my son in the way he walks. Um, I see my son in the way that he provides for his family. Uh, I see my son in the way that he forgives. Uh, I see my son in the way that he's striving to be a hard worker. There was a season where I didn't know if my son would ever work. And when he listens to this, he's like, daddy, why why would you say that? But you know what? My son has become... I believe as great a provider um, and greater than I am and to God be all the glory. But I mean, he learned how to work because he's seen his father work. And if you were to talk to my wife, she would say at times I have to guard myself from being a workaholic. And, but that was my daddy. My daddy worked two jobs, um, always providing. I know you have that type of example in your life, but I would say to every father, Never get so busy that you don't have time for your children. Yeah. If you're too busy to text, to call, send an email, send a card, you're you're way too busy. Yeah. And it's got to stop. It's got to change. And, and so the fathers that are listening to me that you don't communicate with your son, stop it. Yeah. Uh, start building conversation. Start building a relationship with your son because it's it's never too late, and and I know this is that we say we're uh, focusing on God, and there is a powerful passage that helped me to never give up on being a father, uh, being a impactful father, and it was the scripture that I can do all things through Christ, 
which strengthens me, all things. Yeah. And so we can be an impactful father for the good. Yeah. And not always for the negative. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, I, I'm going to throw a curveball at you here. I have um, started a new tradition with the podcast, and I try to close every episode out with a word of prayer. So I'm going to toss that to you if you don't mind closing us out with a word of prayer. I will gladly do that. Thank you. Master, I thank you, first of all, for your amazing grace. Lord, my mind has reflected so deeply over the beautiful years that you have allowed me to be a father, now grandfather. And if you should, Terry, I know a great grandfather. I'm so grateful, Master, for your kindness that you have covered my life with. And you have allowed me to be an earthly father. Master, I pray for every father that is listening to this podcast. I pray, Lord, that you let even one word that was spoken today through Anthony and myself. I pray that you would let that one word be a directional change in their lives. I pray, Master, that you would let the many seeds that have been planted today, may they fall upon good ground. May they bring forth the intended harvest that you have designed to bring forth. And I pray that you would strengthen every, every ear that will listen to this podcast. And Master, we will be careful to give you all the praise, for we know that you are the one that gives the increase. And let your wisdom rest upon every father, every home. And I pray that you continue to give Anthony wisdom as he leads these podcasts. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you again for being with me. Thank you for digging deep and sharing your experience, your heart, your reflections with us. I know that this has been enriching for me, and I know it's going to be enriching for everyone who's listened, for everyone who has watched. So I I really appreciate your time today. My privilege. Thank you. And for all of those listening, watching, I am partnered with you in this journey called fatherhood. If you ever need any help, you can always get a hold of me, fatheringourfuture at gmail.com. But until then, thank you again for listening, for being with us today. This is Fathering Our Future. I'm Anthony Vandegriff, and I hope you will join me next time. I want to thank you again for listening to Fathering Our Future and for endeavoring to grow as a dad. But I want to ask you to become more than just a subscriber. I want to ask you to consider becoming a supporter of Fathering Our Future. Whether it's a one-time gift today or a monthly commitment, whatever you give, it's not too small. It will contribute to Fathering Our Future, continuing to grow and to expand and to reach dads. All you have to do is go to Fathering Our Future dot com click the donate button and give whatever you would like to give thank you and god bless